Hello, everybody. This is your host, Isabeau Salas. I will be moving forward with the podcast on my own. My co-host, Callie Klein, has decided to move on to another project. Callie and I met doing an online certification, a basic instructor certification for straightness training. And uh, Callie and I really hit it off in that program, and I really appreciate her helping to give me the motivation to get started on this podcast. I had wanted to do it for a while. So thank you very much, Callie, for the time that you were with me and helping to get me roll. I really appreciate it. And now everybody, here is my conversation with Debbie Watts, another lovely lady that I met during the Basic Straightness Trainer Instructor Certification. I hope you enjoy our conversation. And at the end, I will pop in again and give you some information about how you can uh, reach out and get in touch. Thanks for listening. So hello, everybody, and welcome to Putting the Horse First. My name is Isabeau Salas, and my guest here today is Debbie Watts. And today, Debbie Watts and I are going to talk about what it means to us to put the horse first and tell some stories about we've seen people or things we've done in our lives to put the horse first. So Debbie, why don't you start, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with horses. Hi, Isabel. So nice to be here. And thanks for having me on. What a cool um, podcast you have here. I'm just loving this. Yes. What a cool thing. I am Debbie Watts and I have been doing straightness training with my horse, which is some biomechanic um, detailed work with horses for the past. I've been doing it for the past maybe six or so years and really loving all the biomechanic uh, aspects about it and the growth that I've um, come out of that. Isabeau and I both have certification from that program, which is lovely, <laughs> instructor certification. Yep. And moving on from there, I have most recently been delved into positive reinforcement. And I know, Isabeau, you have been as well. So it's been really yes. a pleasure to get to see you at least at some point here and there. And we are, both of us happen to be under the mentorship with Zanita Georgiatis, who's <laughs> wonderful. So that and my program that I have is dynamic horse training and can be found on Facebook. And I'm just loving starting this new business. It's such a such a pleasure to be in the horse world nowadays and to get to see what's going on out there and to be able to be of service to people. So cool. Yes. I had only joined when she had offered the um, July of so this would be July 2021 I think a free month in July and then I signed up in August because I couldn't get much figured out in the one month of July and then yep. that just happened to be the time when she offered the instructor certification program and I was yeah, like well, right. I've never learned anything like this this is something I definitely haven't been exposed to and you know with the horse I had a very young horse at, at that time I was like well this would be a really good project to do with him so I said I jumped in and then we had a very a very long year it was really <laughs> there's a lot to that program she's not screwing around a very <laughs> full year and what I signed up immediately so I got four extra months so I was in it for like a year and a half total and then yes yeah learn learned a lot that was all new information to me and all stuff I had done before and it was all it was really an interesting stuff so yeah I'm really glad that I went and did that Marika has an academy online so whether with the positive reinforcement or with the straightness training what is it about those two types of training 
that fits into this discussion topic we have of putting the horse first? How does that work for you? Wonderful question. I love that. So for me, the biomechanic work, you know, I was initially drawn to it pretty strongly because I guess I felt the need with it with my own horse and I, when I would, when I was coming across her asymmetries, you know, we all know that horses are just naturally asymmetrical and by nature, and that just shows up in our riding and our handling them in all kinds of ways. And, and just from my, the dressage and jumping background that I've been in, you know, I've really seen that crop up a lot in riding and the horses I've ridden and then the horses I've um, been around and seen ridden. So I really felt drawn to it. And for me, it was putting the horse first in the respect that their body needs it. Their body needs help being balanced. And, you know, when we're handling them and when we're riding them, that's really up to us. And so it's a, I guess I saw it a bit as a responsibility of mine. If I want to be smooth and balanced and progress as a rider, then I kind of really, you know, I felt, I talked to myself about this and like, I really need to get this figured out. And and how can I help? I don't want to have these struggles. I don't want to be arguing with my horse when, you know, and so I had, oh goodness, this was many, many years ago. I've had that wrestling kind of feeling where it just wasn't smooth. And I knew I didn't like it. And I knew enough that it was with the horse's body. So I knew enough at that point to not blame the horse, but we're still frustrating, right? And so, yeah. and, and so I would still, in the midst of my frustrations, I would still go there. I would still get you know, like, oh, this isn't working. And, oh, you know, why can't you just bend around the circle nicely? Yeah. Or why can't we have a nice little jump over the cross rail? Or, you know, so these things, and so and mentally I would still go there. I would still kind of be like, oh, the, yeah. you know, the horse isn't, the horse isn't, the horse isn't, the horse isn't. Yeah. And so, the biomechanic work, I, I love it because it, it made me step up in my responsibility and how I was guiding the horse. So that for me was really huge and a big game changer in the way that I do training now. So yeah, so so how your horse moves is very important and, and yes. keeping the weight correctly underneath the horse, depending on what the move is. And so learning yep. all of that helped me to not blame the horse even more because the more I learned about the biomechanics, the more I wanted to put the horse first and the more I would step out of frustration and into how can I help this horse? How can I serve them? How can I help them be more balanced? And the cool thing with that work is that it tied in mentally as well as physically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that was really, really a big crucial move for me that was that really aided my progress. And yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when I think about the program that we had with Marika, I mean, yeah, learning about the horse's body and how it worked a lot more really helped me. I had worked a lot with Mary Wanlison in the past training clinics. We used to have her at a farm I was at in New Jersey. I've been to clinics of hers in Ohio, Maryland, Boston. Give me a body to ride with, but I still didn't have a lot of information about how, what I was trying to plug into with the horse underneath me. So uh, really helped to fill in a lot of stuff that I didn't know. I had been focusing a lot and learning about training on the horse's mind. Worked for She wanted all of her horses trained in this way and she paid for me to go learn. And that was fantastic. But yeah. that very much in a focusing on the horse's brain kind of thinking about things and not focusing right. on your body works. So yeah, I came to a certain point and I'm like, you know, I actually know very little. And I had started looking into positive reinforcement on my own in the past several years, but I realized I didn't really know that much about how the horse's body works. <laughs> I had really been focused on their brain. And part of that is because even though I have ridden a lot, I've also done a lot of grooming and a lot of barn management. 
So a lot of my issues on a day-to-day basis are horses and their behaviors, you know, getting them to be calm, going out of the field, getting them to tolerate clipping, being able to give them medication. So that's really where my brain had been at. Yeah. So with Marika's program, I was like, I probably should. It's time. It's probably way past time. I learned more about how the horse's body works. In terms of putting the horses first, you know, it's funny because it also puts, the more I've been thinking about this topic, it not only puts the horses first, it also it puts me together first with the horses because when I can communicate with them better and I'm doing a better job with them, I get more out and train my horses better and I enjoy my rides more. That frustration that you talk about, about yeah, right shoulder and I'm trying to slow down and he just keeps falling right or I'm trying to having the tools to say, well, I know why this is going on and now I know I can fix this or I can send videos yeah. in. In South Africa, or I also had signed up to work with Carolyn Moldenauer. She's in Germany. Oh, Many- wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it not only puts the horses first, it we go together now. You know, it's in my best interest to help them go well. Then I have a lot more fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that, Isabel. That's so great. So do you can you think of anyone? or one horse when you're able to apply it could be either the straightness training or positive reinforcement or something else uh one time when you were able to solve a problem so that you and the horse came out better on, on the other side i have a couple of horses that i feel have are really teaching me a lot and helping me in the combination of combining the biomechanic world with a positive reinforcement world so you know, I came in at a little bit different from you because I kind of came at it a little bit more um, with the biomechanic angle. So I was addressing mm-hmm. horses' bodies first and mm-hmm. then went to, ah, there's more to reach here than their bodies. Let's get to the, when you get to their mind, that's kind of been my experience with horse, with how I got into both of these, why I want to combine the positive reinforcement for reaching their minds as well. And that's really been proving to be really a good combination for me with, especially with certain types of horses, the types that are considered a little more, I don't know, high strung, sensitive, um, the ones that get a bad rap in the barn because they're mischievous or is into something or knocking something over or chewing on something, <laughs> always, yeah. always yeah. chewing something or into something. And the ones they are also have been harder to train. So what I have one horse that I'm working with that has been difficult for the trainers and I could see why it would, you know, things could easily go sour with this horse and I could see why. And then the, the tools that they had, that the current trainer had been using just wasn't quite enough to reach his mind. So they, Mm -hmm. you know, trying and trying and trying to just reach the body. You know, this is a very good dressage rider. Yes. And just this horse was, is just a very sensitive case and just cannot handle a lot of correction as a matter Matter of fact, he got to the point where he really couldn't handle any correction without blowing a gasket. (laughs) So, and so I really felt that I would love to try to help him. And the results have been really beautiful in combining the two because had I stuck with just the biomechanic work alone and reaching his body, I would have gotten not very far, maybe a little bit further because I start in groundwork. That's another thing with with the training system that I'm in. So, and you as well, starting with the groundwork. Is, is also a huge way to put the horse first, just right there, right off the bat. Just start from the ground, um, see where you're at. You don't always have to get on a horse and ride and, um, you know, put them into a certain 
looking frame right away and, you know, have the range. And uh, so just start with figure out where you're at, what you've got right in front of you. Yeah. So that, that was a really good, it's been a really good learning with this horse. The, the more I stay off of him, like with pressure, <laughs> even the way I look at the horse, you know, and the energy I project can is especially in the beginning was just overwhelming for him at times. And such a cool thing to be able to notice. And had I just jumped on his back and started from there, I think a lot of it would have gotten missed or misconstrued easily. So, so I really love starting from the ground and starting slow, you know, let things unravel a, a bit naturally before you go in to fix anything, you know, or try stuff, especially with these sensitive types. So that's, I guess, where where I'm currently at with a couple of these horses, one in dressage and one in jumping. And the results are beautiful. Isabeau, it's so fantastic. I just Hi. love Seeing, I love seeing the mental, it's almost like their mental fear and doubts and mistrust just sort of melt away. You're able to take it slow, start from the ground, and then start asking your questions of the horses and let them have the dialogue with you. Mm -hmm. Don't don't go beyond the threshold before they're ready. And that's the other thing I've learned a lot with the positive reinforcement is just the thresholds alone and how learning yeah. even more so how to read them. I thought I could read them pretty well, but the more I go into it with really listening to them and picking up yes. on their body cues and their signals, huge, and yeah. introducing start signals and stop signals and then respecting those and listening to the horse. And they feel so heard and it's so yeah. wonderful. It's really amazing how so much of classical training they talk about this uh, circle of aids with the horses but in practice there is very little of people taking feedback from the horses and putting it back into the work and I understand this is because it can be really hard my personal guide when I first moved in I moved to my current job about a year ago he was horrendously herd bound up at the barn our ring is right down the hill from the barn but it might as well have been on Mars he decided <laughs> to the barn. and we spent a rather horrendous amount of time just walking back and forth between them. well first we had to get down to the indoor in a way where he wasn't upset like he would go down there but he was he was tense so first mm -hmm. working on kind of like the warwick schiller idea of the 10 foot to trail ride and doing the cat h type work just as soon as he gets tense as soon as he tells me he's got to a point and in the beginning this was like just looking at the door that would take him to the indoor you know as soon as for going there, you could tell that he was braced. So right. on that, it took a few months. It was incredibly slow working uh. on him until he could build up the tolerance to go down the indoor ring and be relaxed enough so that the work was worth doing. He would go down there, but how much are you doing if this horse is screaming his head off the entire time? You know, like he's not learning uh. much. It's very stressed. The world's not ending, but I'm not getting much done. The horse is just upset the entire time. Exactly. Um, yeah, you're just stuck in, in uh, crazy land then. <laughs> <laughs> You're just stuck. And it's really hard to be able to take that amount of time to wait for the animal until the animal's like, okay, I can deal with this now. That's hard to do. It's it's difficult to stop and say, well, yes, I can ride my horse, but he really is not happy with it. So how am I going to, because I'm not only going to get so far as long as I'm working with the horse's tension and fear at me all of the mm. time. Kind of. So yeah, being able to stop and go back and say, well, I'm going to work on the groundwork until I get this horse figured out. <laughs> that's yeah. really hard. Yeah. And just to uh, point on what you just said there about the human with the horse, it is, yes. you're right. It is a difficult thing. And I can see how this happens, you know, yes. uh, 
thresholds are so easy to miss, especially those subtle ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that this brings up is the personality type of the horse, because yes. some horses handle it differently. Some they horses just, have, like a, yeah, it, it, some horses are going to have a, a higher threshold um, limit and point than other horses. And they, I can see that um, thresholds are easily, and I used to blow through thresholds a lot without knowing it. You just know what you don't know until you know it, right? And so- uh- that's the beautiful part of this work is the more, like you said, the more that you get in there and unravel it, really eye-opening. And this is just what makes us better. So fortunately, we do make mistakes as we go. But the point to this to this point is that educating yourself to first just wanting to put the horse first is, I think, the seed. Even just wanting to. Because if a person is with the horse, but they don't really care to put the horse first, they'll never get there. And it will just, you know, but just wanting to put the horse first is how I think it starts. And then, you know, you start to think, well, how can I help the horse? And then you, then you just open the box, right? Then you can, there's all kinds of learning, all kinds of ways to to get in there and help a horse. And it's a beautiful journey and uh, it's a little bit different for everybody and every horse. And it's just so, I'm just fascinated. And the more I learn about horses, the more fascinated I become. It's just beautiful. <laughs> it, it just keeps going for me. So it can be a l- little maddening at times. I'm like, just like, I just spent all this time studying all this stuff. And that has kind of gotten me up to the start line. I was like, oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We do this circle, then we feel like we come back to stage one. And I know that's the feeling because actually we're, we might, we might have cycled through, but when we come back to what we feels like stage one is actually the next step up. So we're actually still progressing, which is cool, but you're right. It just feels like this cycle. We we go and we learn so much and we think we're knowing so much. And then whoosh, there we go back down to the bottom. And I'm like, oh, yes. I have tons more to learn. Yeah. You know, one of my, the topics I want to try to address within this putting the horse first thing is how we talk to people about this, because I think it can, even though I think of putting the horse first as a kind of a neutral phrase, I think it can come off as being very judgmental to other folks. Right. Uh, so for me, because I am inherently not athletic at all. I love horses, but my body is just not there for me. So it was much more of a thing for me as a young person and a young rider, just because I wasn't physically able to overwhelm the horses. They had to be somewhat on my side. And if they weren't, it wasn't going to happen. There's not enough of me to make a horse do something. So I kind of drifted in this direction, really out of self interest. You know, I can't get the horses to do what I want if I can't somehow get them somewhat on my page. Like if they're not happy with me, if they're not somewhat interested in doing it, I can't make them do it. (laughs) So I like to think, and I love horses, but there is definitely for me now 52, when I was in my, in my twenties, it was definitely coming out of a self interest thing. So for the Mm -hmm. people who, so I'm trying to think about ways to sell this to people who are a lot more talented than me and who have trained horses to a much higher level than me, that they can get even more out of their horses if they think of doing things this way. They get a lot out of horses, but I know watch enough international competition, the best dressage riders, the best jumper, and it happens (laughs) to be 
or even at the top levels all the time. You know, in all the sports, they get to the big show and the horse is like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not doing it. So I think we do have even the people who are top competitors, we do have something to offer in, in trying to persuade them to integrate this kind of perspective in even to their top level competition horses. I would love to, as part of the long, the long arc of this podcast, figure out a way to um, make this narrative I don't know, more palatable, more attractive to people, even people who are hardcore competitors that mm-hmm. didn't get that horse. If you try to take the horse's perspective on board, you will get farther, you will get a better performance. You know, there there is stuff in it for you, even if you're a hardcore bell racer and you're just really out there to pick up checks. Yeah, this is a very interesting point, Isabel. I absolutely love what you're talking about here. And it's just so important. I have a client actually that has a lot of good jumpers and has a kind of a new horse, but has a, this horse for about a year and the horse is not able to jump. It's a gotcha. huge, beautiful, warm blood that's perfectly capable of jumping physically, but is not able mentally. So it's just been wound up yeah. in its mind. And so I've actually started to do, they've, they've been okay with my doing some positive reinforcement, which I know is new for them, the, the more pressure release world and doing a different style groundwork than what I do. You know, my groundwork, our groundwork is, is more based in the academic style and a lot of the groundwork that people are doing and these clients are, it's kind of more the, a lot of moving away from pressure. Um, Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of pivoting on the front legs and stuff that I just don't like mechanically, but so you're right. So how to bring up the topic of, of maybe some other ways to include, to help the horse that they could to uh, add into their program. And so um, the topic is a very interesting one and how to approach it. And yeah. I mean, I just asked, you know, if they were okay with um, my using some positive reinforcement and that was fine. So that was, that was good. It had, they said, no, I don't know what I would do. I mean, I would, I do know what I would do actually that you, it is possible to reach horses through really good, really soft, gentle, appropriately timed negative reinforcement, which is the pressure and release. So it's your timing and your dosing. So yeah, that would be the route. But the more open we can be and people can be, the more quickly you'll see results and the more it just opens up the world of, of possibilities because each horse is different and some mm-hmm. will resonate differently with different techniques. So, yeah. so I think you're, I think you're right with the, how do we reach people <laughs> through yeah. conversation? All right, cool. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we go? Yeah, no, I think this is good. I think this has been okay. a really good topic and uh, thank you so cool. much for having me. Thank you for joining me. I having so much fun doing the podcast and I can't wait to do more. So thank you very much for being a guest. Thank you. Hello again, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to my conversation with Debbie Watts. If for any reason at all, you would like to reach out to me, give me some feedback on the podcast, ask questions about horse training. If you want to be a guest on my podcast, I am new to podcasting. So this is all a fun adventure for right now. Um, I'm also looking for another co-host could be even an occurring or part-time co-host. Reach out to me, putting the horse first with the number one ST at gmail.com. And I will see you in episode number seven. Thank you.